Hey guys, this is Dallas here, uh, also known as Hulkbusters, for those who follow me on Twitch and YouTube. Um, today I'm here with my two brothers, and we are starting our Just Three Brothers podcast. Um, I'll just give you a little rundown about myself. I game World of Warcraft, I used to game Classic and Retail. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel Comics in general. Big fan of anime and especially Dragon Ball Z, which we'll be talking about later today. So I'll give it to Caddy. What's going on? Cat here. Um, I'm just a 29-year-old dude who, uh, you know, likes eating steak and pussy. Um, I'm the middle brother, 29 years old. Um, you know, I play a lot of Dota 2, um, and I recently got back into Diablo 2. It's been a lot of fun because it kind of brings back that nostalgia that I uh, used to get from playing it when I was younger. Um, mostly play online competitive games. That's kind of my wheelhouse. Um, but uh, overall, just a massive fucking nerd, and I like growing a beard. So uh, that's my shit. So I'll throw it over to Carter. What's up? My name's Carter. I'm 19 years old. Uh, so I'm the youngest of the three brothers. Some of my interests include League of Legends, uh, fashion. I like clothes. I like cars as well. Manual cars, fast cars all types of cars and uh yeah i also like anime movies pretty much everything that these guys are into um moba games me and catter definitely share that similarity i think and uh yeah that's pretty much all you really need to know about me Alrighty, guys. So our first intro today, our first episode, sorry, the intro is done. The first episode we're doing today is going to be Dragon Ball Z What Ifs. And we've talked a lot about it between us three. We've came up with some really interesting ideas. And I think the first one we're going to talk about is um, the first one is Rat. what if Raditz never died? In the very beginning, Sans Saga, what happens if he never died? What happens if he stayed throughout the whole series? And how would that change the rest of the series? And I think we'll let Catlin start it off because it was his idea. Let's get it. Well, I think right out of the gate, um, you know, it's it's kind of like, in my opinion, one of the most controversial what-ifs in Dragon Ball Z. Um, when Raditz arrives in the beginning of Z, it's the Saiyan saga, um, the first time we ever are introduced with another Saiyan, essentially, um, he absolutely is bodying Piccolo and Goku at the same time, uh, who were at the time the strongest fighters. Um, he's basically just working these kids like it's nothing. Um, they eventually get the upper hand. They hit him, of course, with a special beam cannon. A classic scene, one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of Dragon Ball Z. But what would happen if that wasn't the case? Like, let's pretend hypothetically, what if Raditz either wasn't killed or if he was killed, wish back with the Dragon Balls. I think that um, this is a really fun rabbit hole to go down because of the idea that he was so much stronger than Goku at the time. And, and a lot of the series really hinges on the idea of like Goku just being so powerful. Um, Raditz at the time would have a, a massive head lead on him as far as like strength and uh, just power in general. So I think it's kind of fun to think what would happen if he survived the whole time? Um, it really starts to get uh, interesting when you realize that uh, they're at the, like at the start of the series, there's, I mean, we don't know this at the time when Raditz shows up, but there's Nappa, there's Vegeta, there's Raditz, and there's Goku. The last essentially Saiyans of this uh, race that were, um, you know, the last of their race after Frieza had killed the entire planet. 
I think this series would have went in a huge different direction if Raditz would have lived. I, I feel like his scaling would have just continued to grow. Some could argue that maybe not just because of the fact that, uh, you know, when Vegeta shows up, he's stronger than Raditz and they were able to best him. But I guess my rebuttal with that is that Goku and the boys wouldn't have been fucking training the whole time because Raditz kind of spills the beans, says, okay, cool, you took me out, that's cool. My scouter's been recording the whole time um, and I just sent this message to them. They're coming in a year. So the Z Fighters trained for a year. If they didn't get that time to train, I think Vegeta would have worked them. That's my opinion. I mean, they couldn't even fucking go toe-to-toe with the Cybermen. And those are just some little green guys that explode when they touch you. So, um, I mean, obviously, Tien and and Yamcha were struggling there, but they've basically been struggling the whole fucking series. So it doesn't really mean much there. But I think that if Raditz would have lived, um, it would have drastically changed the series. Um, again, I, I'm somewhat biased in this because of the fact that, like, Raditz has always been my favorite character. Um, he's very brief in the show. So, I mean... There's not a there's not there's a there's a mystery to his character. We we know from the movies or some of the cutscenes with uh, how they've described the Saiyans and how they take planets over. He used to bop around with Nap and Vegeta taking planets over, but there's not a lot known about Raditz as the character uh, that we had were introduced to at the start of Z. Um, he is actually Goku's brother. I mean, obviously they have huge massive power potential. I've always loved the idea. Um, you know, what if he bested them? You know, what if he what if he joined their crew? What if he became Z Fire? I think he would have been ahead a of the pack. Um, that's kind of my opinion on the matter. I think it's a fun kind of thing to kind of go down. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of unfortunate that they. I mean, obviously, Dragon Ball Z has a lot of. Um, there's a lot of like speculation with certain things, and there's also a lot of. Uh, incongruencies of the series uh the, i think the an overshadowing is definitely him just getting taken out and then that was it i think that was definitely kind of capped with the character could have potentially been in the z series but also the fact that vegeta just kills nappa basically he's like oh he's not you know essentially pissed him off because he wasn't able to take goku out so he ended up killing him so for a guy who is constantly talking about like the Saiyan race and blah, blah, blah. He literally wiped out one fourth of them with that move. So that's kind of my uh, opinion on that. But the one thing I found was interesting in Dragon Ball Super, the power scaling, because you meet the new Saiyans, right? I think it's universe. Is it universe seven or eight Dallas? Six. This, universe six, right? You meet those Saiyans. There's Kaba, Kefla, and... The other one, I forget her name. Kale. Kale, right. But the thing is with those Saiyans is they they get the Super Saiyan form so quickly and they get Super Saiyan 2 so quickly. So I feel like if Raditz and Nappa were brought back in the Dragon Ball Super timeline with the Dragon Balls, I feel as though they would be able to catch up with Goku and Vegeta really quickly because the Saiyans from Universe 6 were able to. I mean... Kefla and Kale fused together were able to single-handedly fucking, you know, fuck with Ultra Instinct Goku. Like, and they had barely any combat experience, you know what I mean? So, I think if they were brought back, then they could easily 
you know, get up to the same amount of power as Goku and Vegeta. And I think it would also be an interesting dynamic if behind the scenes, you know, Nappa and Raditz are secretly plotting to fucking like go against Goku and Vegeta, you know, I think that would be really cool is if, you know, they reach the same amount of power and then they had a big skirmish, you know, just Goku and Vegeta versus Raditz and Nappa. Maybe they're both fucking, they all master Super Saiyan God, you know, I, I think that would be really cool. Another thing that I just thought of as you're saying that is it's like, um, I feel like the fusion potentials as well. Oh, yeah. Could, I didn't even think of that. Could have had like Raditz with Nappa or Raditz with Vegeta or Nappa with Goku. I mean, they're all obviously all compatible. I think the idea behind at least the dance for sure. I don't know about Potera, but I think with the dance, you have to have some kind of similarities. I believe that that was discussed by the Supreme Kai, but you know, I just love to think about the idea of like number one uh, Napa getting that fucking goatee gold, that fucking that fat fuzz going. Um, also, I love the idea of thinking about Rad at Super Saiyan three. Like that shit to me is just like, I don't think that there's a a, a, a better candidate for Super Saiyan three. Let's lose them eyebrows. Let's fucking grow the shit out. He who has he has Super Saiyan three length hair anyway in his base form. Let's see that shit wrap around. I want to see that fucking. That tornado hair, let's get it going. What would it look like? You think he'd tie it up, or would he just like he'd be tripping on free his flow, hair and baby, shit. free flow? He's got that flow. He's gotta have that flow. You know? I guess so, yeah. He's the king of the whoosh. He was when he started, you know, so I think of a fusion between uh, Raditz and Napa would be really interesting. Because well, what the it looked the, the thing is too, is like man, Raditz is fucking yoked. Like when he shows up, man, he's all thighs. Like he is like as almost as big as Nappa, um, comparatively, because he makes Goku and Piccolo just like shrimping. So it's like he's a thick boy, you know, and I gotta I gotta give my love to the thick boys out there because the fucking Nappa's the man. He was kind of lackluster um when it came to actually like brass tacks, but I mean Raditz came out of the gate fucking Another thing, too, obviously, this isn't a what if this occurred in the show, but another kind of what if would be funny is what if Gohan didn't come out of the fucking space pod and hit him in the chest of that headbutt? Like, that fucked him up, man. You can see his, his head get all wobbly, his eyes get all fucked. Yeah, yeah, I love that shit. But it's like, I just imagine, like, what if, he, number one, he, you know, he uh, didn't get hit with that Gohan headbutt. And that's the first time we ever see, like, Gohan's rage potential. I always thought that was really cool. Um, but also another thing too, again, I know the movies aren't canon, but if we want to count them just off the hand, there's a fifth Saiyan that a lot of people sleep on, or actually two. Now that Broly as well. The, well, Broly, I guess, but he's obviously now canon, but I'm talking about the boy that no one talks about. We're talking about Turles, and we don't know what... Uh, relation he is to Goku. We don't even know if he is Goku related at all, even though he looks like uh, just a, like a Samoan version of Goku. But uh, I mean, he's there, and that's another like I would have loved to see a potential timeline when all of the Saiyans who actually lived through the Death Ball impact um, were in the series. I would have loved to see that. For me, yeah. uh, something that's super cool because we're talking about all the fusions and stuff like that. But 
This is the Just Three Brothers podcast, but what if the two brothers fused? Raditz and Goku, man. Like, seriously, like, what kind of potential could they have had, especially if Raditz was stronger than Goku? Because realistically, if they would have all kept training, Raditz would have been the strongest. And if they trained for that whole year, look at how far, um, obviously, Goku going to King Kai's planet and training with him, yes, it gave him uh, a vast amount of potential. But you also got to remember how much time he wasted uh, running on... uh, running on snake way or even flying back. There's a lot of wasted time in there that if he could have not died, Raditz stayed alive and just trained the entire time. How like they might've came in there and then Vegeta and Nappa might just wanted to team up with them. Cause after Raditz just was like, yo, this is my brother and you're not taking over this planet. You know, like we've squashed our beef, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they all came together. Like that would have changed the premise for the entire series. The you got to think though. You got to think though. Like, what could co- potentially compel Raditz to not want to take the planet over? That's all he knows. He knows Vegeta, Nappa. He doesn't know, you know, Kakarot. He doesn't know who this fucking dude is, other than he's his brother. Um, you know, he doesn't even seem to give a fuck that's his brother. He's willing to steal his son and beat the shit out of him and his green friends. So it's like he doesn't seem to care that they're brothers. But I always think like, what what would it have taken for Raditz to join the crew or uh, to, to be swayed to, I, I would have loved to see an encounter like how you just demonstrated where Vegeta and Nappa show up thinking, oh, we're going to get them balls. We're going to get them Dragon Balls going and Raditz and Goku in the Z squad, even though who gives a fuck with the rest of the Z squad other than Piccolo. Um, it's like, yeah, I think that would be cool to have Raditz as an addition to the Z fighters. I think it's always kind of fun to think of these what ifs. Um, but yeah, like I say, I mean, I, I think that that's um, right out of the gate. Um, that's one of the big what ifs in Dragon Ball Z. I, I think that any any like fan of the series or any person who like really considers himself like a diehard fan, I, I, I think thinks of these potential outcomes with certain stuff. Cause I mean, the story is like massive. The episodes are crazy, like as far as like uh, just the amount of episodes there are. And again, there's filler and that sort of shit. But I think that just if we're talking catalog style, like there's a lot to pull from. And uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting like what ifs that could occur. I didn't want to really bring up Super, but because Carter brought it up, there's no way that I can't touch on that. Um and if we're, we'll just we'll just go off and just say we'll even talk non-canon. Um, if Broly were to fuse with anybody right now, as it sits, and people are going to argue with me, I might even get a little bit of flack for this, but arguably, Broly is the strongest ca- single character in the entire series. And you know, you could you could uh, other than gods, other than K, other than even gods, maybe not, but the angels, obviously, Xenosama. Z- 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 um, obviously that we're not including those type of characters, but the only one straight up that could beat him in one-on-one is Jiren, maybe. And I guess you, uh, Ultra Instinct, uh, Master. But he didn't bust that out in uh, the super movie with Broly. So we can assume that he hasn't unlocked it because if he unlocked it, he would have went Matt, Ultra Instinct Master straight up. But think about it. What if you had Goku... Kaoken Blue fused with Broly or Vegeta Super Saiyan Blue Evolution fused with Broly like like you'd literally have the goat you'd literally have the goat 
And yes, they have to sink their power levels, blah, 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 but they don't have to, the size doesn't matter. Obviously that's apparent because Vegeta and Goku are not the same size. So it literally comes down to channeling your key to make it even so that you could fuse. Well, that's the key fact. I mean, that's why you have botched dances where like they turn really fat or really skinny. They didn't sink right. I don't think it has anything to do with necessarily their size. So I think that they'd definitely be compatible with, um, you know, Potera fusion or dance fusion. But again, I think it's a bit of a stretch to maybe say that Broly is the strongest single in this series. I think that that is a little bit of a reach based on some criteria, depending on when in the series. I would say, yeah, for sure, during his first movie, The Legendary Super Saiyan, I think we can all agree that at that current point in time, when he's using uh, USSJ, like he's taking on like literally every Super Saiyan that is at our disposal, like easily. And Piccolo. And Piccolo, and of course Piccolo with the sickest entrance we've ever seen. The he's cave, out. top of the building, that whoosh going. We got that. Like we love that Piccolo, and that's why Piccolo is like. Again, I'm not gonna sit here and gush about Piccolo. Like he's my favorite character in the series. Um, he's just. Some... Raditz was. Well, they're both great, but I, I mean, Piccolo just drips swag. Like, I just absolutely love the character. He's such an interesting character. Um, but my whole thing, too, is that, yeah, okay, Legendary Super Saiyan, I'll give it to Broly. Um, in fact, they had to use some bullshit technique we've never seen before, fucking green energy sink, to even beat him, which made, essentially, in my opinion, no sense at all. But, I mean, DBZ is rife for this sort of... Uh, incongruencies and stuff like that so i mean i can't i'm not going to give them too much shit because number one it's a non-canon movie um and it's like how are you going to have a nice way of beating this dude who just fucking wiped the floor with like four super saiyans uh one of which being trunks from the future who i i would argue is the strongest of anyone at that time and my rationale behind that is just simply because we don't know where this movie technically took place um, but we do know that the first time Future Trunks ever shows up, he's just slicing and dicing Frieza like it's fucking nothing. Like he's putting butter on his toast. He didn't give a fuck when he took him out. And Goku definitely struggled. He struggled for like 97 episodes and Namek was fucking taking forever to explode. Like, you know, Goku didn't have an easy time with Frieza. In fact, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that's the longest anime fight ever to be done i don't know if something else is topped and i'm sure um but i'm saying like when we go goku fighting frieza in his first form all the way down to when he goes super saiyan and takes him out i i believe that is the longest anime fight of all time and that's pretty impressive uh in my opinion from a series that's from the late 80s early 90s so I don't know if I'd necessarily say that Go- that Trunks is so much stronger than Goku, though, because once Goku goes Super Saiyan, he has a pretty easy time taking out Frieza. And it's hard to say whether or not once Frieza is brought back by King, King Cold, who is-, is who brought him back and put all his pieces together, whatever the fuck, it's hard to say whether or not Frieza was as strong as he potentially could be when he was brought back. No matter how you slice it, though, there was a fight with Goku and Frieza. It was a fight. It was a dog fight. Trunks fucked him up, dude. Straight up. It was slice, 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 boom, done. And then he fucked his dad up. Yeah, then he fucked his dad. He wasn't done with Frieza. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, 
Mecha Frieza, the put the pieces together Frieza, is stronger. Really, the original state. I don't know if that's true, but I, I believe I've seen something along the lines of, uh, you know, fan made power level scaling. Mm-hmm. Even though I mean, again, power level is pretty arbitrary, especially in the late game. But if I'm not mistaken, like when they bring him back and put him together, Mecha Frieza is stronger than he was on Namek. But that oh, is is that, that is that base form though, because he also went Frieza 100% full power where he was jacked. That's arguable, you know what I mean? Is is base form Cyborg Frieza stronger than Frieza full power? And could he go full power if Trunks didn't fuck him right up? You know what I mean? Like we'll never be able to see that because he was just done. But I think they did that because they just wanted to show how strong this kid from the future was. But we're going to ignore all that and we're going to go back to his point, which was Trunks being the strongest. And the problem I have with that is uh, it, it's really hard. And I think that's the whole reason these movies are not canon is because there is no way or no place in the timeline that it works. If, if you think about it logically, Gohan is a Super Saiyan. That doesn't make sense. He became Super Saiyan in the hyperbolic time chambers with his dad. So if that's the case, then go, go, uh, Vegeta and Trunks should have been able to go USSJ or uh, 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 not USSJ or is it US? Yeah, it is US Ultimate Super Saiyan. So it really doesn't make sense from a timeline basis. Like it doesn't, and that I think is one of the big reasons. So So basically, I guess where you'd have to technically put it. And this is ridiculous, so it can't make sense. That's the reason why it, it doesn't make sense. Is as cells building the cell stadium his, for the cell games, they fuck off and they go over to fucking, you know, Paragus Planet because, like, you know, they uh, they they go over to Paragus Planet and then they realize like, oh, like it's a fake planet. This is a trick, and they just came to fucking send this juice to fucking legendary super saiyan at us so um the timeline like you say makes no sense i've tried to kind of think in my mind like where it could possibly be um it, this hap- this occurs a lot in the movies where you have to really uh you know there's a lot of reaches not only but there's a lot of uh you have to play a lot of the guessing game because the inconsistency with that comes with the fact that gohan is just going super saiyan that puts the wrench in the mix because it's like well Again, he did that while training in the chamber with his dad, and that was during, during the Cell games. No, it wasn't. It was it was before Cell was still in his unperfect form. Remember, Vegeta. Oh, sorry, sorry, not the Cell games. The Cell saga is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. But the thing that then I think to myself, well, was it shortly after the Cell games? But then it's like, if that's the case, why wasn't he going Super Saiyan two? You know, so it, it, I mean, it, again, it's non-canon for a reason. I think we, there could be endless speculation, but let's just leave the non-canon out of it, honestly, because because now you have to, because otherwise, with the inconsistencies, the only reason I brought up Super was literally just because of the fact that Carter brought it up. So I feel like I I, I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball Z, and I'm a big fan of Super too. So that's why I brought it up. But I do appreciate the fact that Broly is canon now. So down the line, there's so many co- combinations of what could be what ifs, and whether or not he's the strongest character in the series, you gotta give you gotta give credit. Like he kicked the shit out of Super Saiyan Blue Goku. He kicked the shit out of Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta. They stood no chance. They knew they knew that. They gave him a final kamehameha, and it did nothing. 
So they literally, Goku just grabbed him and teleported away to Piccolo. And then they fused, came back as Gogeta. And even as Gogeta, Super Saiyan, Broly was, once Broly went full Berserker, man, he was wiping the floor with him too. So it comes down, we, we know Broly's powerful, whatever. We're not going to argue the most powerful in this series, but we know he's powerful. So basically that's just another avenue of that they have to go off of um, in the future. Well, my favorite part is how you brought up Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Super, but didn't even mention GT because no one gives a fuck about GT. But again, the thing that I will say is that, I mean, I've admitted it before. I actually like GT. Grand Tour for me, I thought was really, uh, they did a lot of really interesting things, obviously, after Akira came back and uh, really helped them with the uh, direction of the show. But I mean, I feel like it's got a lot of flavor and it's got a lot of like, really interesting sequences in it there's a lot of dog shit in it too i'm not going to say that it's even remotely better than z but i just thought it was funny how you didn't even equate gt in there because it's such a forgettable fucking absolute dumpster fire but i think it has some redeeming qualities i like uh you know i know how Carter had said before how super saiyan 4 has better character design than some of this blue haired bullshit so um and, and and full disclosure you know i've seen a little bit of super but not my cup of tea. That's where you guys kind of come in. You guys like super. Um, I feel like uh, it's almost like blasphemy at this point in the community because, you know, you wait so long for this for this new, you know, gorgeously animated new Dragon Ball. You know, Dragon Ball's back. Like it's coming back. It's super. But uh, I wasn't wowed. I wasn't wowed with the Beerus movie. I wasn't wowed with Resurrection F. Uh, I was actually blown away with the Broly movie. I loved that movie. I thought that they absolutely um made what would i i would consider like a, a one-tone character which is broly but is basically just this berserker juggernaut dude who's just pissed off and fucking shit up okay that's fine like he's a very cool character obviously he's always just had a very um cool vibe to him but now in this new movie they actually give him some depth and some backstory i loved how they did that um you know so that I'll, I'll give them an A plus for that. But honestly, you know, seeing Frieza come back for the fucking 11th time, like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, he's shiny gold. Who gives a fuck? You know, that's kind of my opinion. One thing I have to say, and no, and everybody has to, and a lot of people use this as a way to shit on Broly from that movie. Okay, so I'm just going to separate two things. First of all, his power progression throughout that movie. It's his first ever fight with another human being or another, sorry, not a human being, but another Saiyan that's not Paragus who has a power level of 5,000. Like, who gives a shit? He's a pussy. But it's his first ever fight. And for him to go from being on par with base form Vegeta to then being on par with Super Saiyan Vegeta, then to getting fucking a full Kai blast to the face by Super Saiyan God Vegeta and still living while still in his base form is precedent to his power. But another thing, Golden Frieza going toe-to-toe for one fucking hour. It was an hour. I know it was only five minutes in the movie, but it was one hour. Two separate 30-minute fusions failed, and Frieza got his ass kicked by Broly for an hour. The tournament of power was only 48 minutes. He got his ass kicked by Broly for an hour. So a lot of people want to shit on fucking Broly and be like, oh, he's not that powerful, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. He's powerful as fuck. But Frieza is OG. Frieza's tough, man. And he proved it in the tournament power, and he totally proved it in that movie. And people will discredit Broly, but I think that's a huge win for Frieza. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It's like how many times, like, again, I know there's like a lot of retcon and bullshit, but it's like how many times do you get to come back? Like, Frieza came back, so let's count it. It's like they kill him. 
okay, they come back. Then we've got Mecha Frieza. So that's number one. You know, then it's like number two is like they see him in GT and he's a cell and they're in the fucking, you know, home for infinite losers. It's like, you know, I love Frieza. I think that Frieza had like, in my opinion, one of the coolest arcs, the Namek saga in Z, but it's like enough is enough. Like we don't need to see Frieza repeatedly, like have some original idea. Like, you know, when you're throwing shit at us like Genemba and you're throwing stuff at us like Harutagarn, that I love that freshness. I love that idea of like, wow, this is really like, amazing that they're coming up with these new like really powerful characters you know bojack like we've never seen anything like that before it's like let's bring frieza back for the fucking 50th time like who gives a shit like frieza had his day in the sun you know some would even argue sell you know he came back a couple times as well where it's basically like if someone's not wishing these people back or they're not just coming back because someone's putting them together they have a regenerative property you know you have like boo who can come back just for whatever reason Cells was somewhat more explained. It's like the idea that if there's a single cell left, he can regenerate, but then Boo could do it. Then all these other villains just can start regenerating themselves. Like, I think that it's really, really weak writing. I feel like it's not very good if your character is just essentially constantly coming back. Cause then what's the point of them dying? There's no impact when they're, when they, when they die. So. One thing I wanted to touch on is I kind of understand where you're coming from when you're saying, super kind of turned you off you weren't really super interested in it because the first two arcs of dragon ball super were really dog shit they were really fucking bad like beerus it it was a cool character design but the actual animation it was really it just felt like so dog shit you know like the actual if you take a look at some of the frames and the animation you can see just like all the flaws in it and whatever and then for the second arc just bringing back frieza seemed like super uncreative but once you get past that i think the fusion zamasu saga and then the actual universal tournament saga were actually really well done but i can see how you got turned off because you really have to fucking slug through those first like what is it 60 episodes or whatever 40 to 50 episodes yeah Yeah, so i can see how you know that didn't really pique your interest or manage to capture it for very long the problem it wasn't even just that honestly like the okay so like i can kind of i guess break it down i kind of figured that uh you know we'd maybe save super for another one but uh, you know obviously like uh, you know it's come up naturally so we might as well kind of go that route but the thing with super with me is that you know, I guess for one, I was expecting like too much. Like I was, it was in my mind, it was too hype. You know, when I heard that this movie's coming out, I was like, holy fuck, like this is like groundbreaking. Like this Asian dude is like so old. Like he either has to shit or get off the pod if he's going to make a new Dragon Ball, right? We don't have much more time for the original creator to come out and throw these fucking, you know, top shelf episodes out. The thing, okay, so that's the starting thing for me. I think my expectations were too high. Number two, um, what really just put the nail in the coffin for me is when we we just essentially discover there's gods out here now. Um, they just show up for some reason now. You know, obviously in the story, I'm sure there's a reason why. But now it's there's infinite universes, and now there's infinite universe contestants competing for this universal tournament and they got these two jelly bean looking motherfuckers who are the strongest in the whole thing they're setting this whole thing up and i don't know it just started like and again there's a lot of redeeming qualities as well in super like i thought there's a lot of really interesting characters like that 
uh, blue changeling who uh, he's kind of like, yeah, Frost. He's like that Felco. He's kind of like a little shitter, but then you find out he's a good guy, but then it turns out, oh no, he's a villain. Uh, hit, you know, the whole stopping time shit and fucking, you know, I like that shit a lot too, but then it started to really just, you know, the layers start to get peeled back where it's basically like, oh, like I have blue hair. I have red hair. I'm a god. You know, you're a god. We're all a god. We're going to the tournament. Oh, Vegeta has blue hair, but now it's bluer evolution. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I just, and then like, I mean, I'll admit like Ultra Instinct and Jiren is like pretty, pretty dope. And the animation is obviously like pretty top tier. And there's a lot of really interesting characters like, you know, Goku Black. Like, I love that whole Super Saiyan Rose. Like, I love that. But it just gets to the point where it's like, you know, with all these alternate universes and fucking tournaments and all this shit, like, it just starts, like, the, the water gets really muddy for me. I like the idea where if you look at the grassroots, like, if you really just break it down to its, like, fundamental components, Dragon Ball essentially was about martial arts and competing in world tournaments. And then you have this pudgy little fucking kid with a stick and a tail running around, fucking getting on adventures on, like, capsule motorbikes with some hottie with blue hair and it's like that was like so cool but then eventually it gets to the point where it's like was this about martial arts because i'm pretty sure people are turning into monkeys and shooting laser to their fucking mouth so something got lost in translation and it gets to the point where it's like you know there's no interesting technique anymore you know back in the day when tn could use multi-split and like you know sprout a million arms like that was like groundbreaking i remember the whole thing too when i was a kid i was like why the fuck is Tien have a third eye? Like, I don't get this. But then you realize, like, no, he's a human. It's just he literally unlocked his third eye using martial arts and shit. So I feel like at one point it was a lot of martial arts and a lot of, like, holy shit, this is very, it felt very, like, uh, you know, inspired by Japanese culture. And then all of a sudden now we have, like, Jiren, who's, like, you know, a fucking gray dude who looks like he has massive eyes wearing a fucking jumpsuit like what what's what are we doing like what are we doing here yeah okay, like super I, super for me just i don't know it started to get to the point where you know what what's next like a green hairdo with a fucking yellow stripe like they can infinitely like none of it matters like like there was a point where super saiyan meant something you know what i mean like that was a fucking apex like we were all and as kids we all saw super saiyan in the opening we didn't even know what we were looking at it. the fucking you know, dragon, dragon ball. And then he fucking blows up and he's got Super Saiyan. We don't know what we were looking at the whole time. Super Saiyan was right in front of us. And the intro, the opening intro the whole time, we had no fucking idea what we were looking at. We just thought he was charging up or powering up or whatever. Um, and then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, he's got blue hair and freezes gold. And, you know, fucking no one uses Uzuru anymore because who gives a fuck? Back in the day when like Uzuru was a game changer, you show up, the guy goes into a giant monkey. It's like, you're, it's game over. So. I got something for that. Okay, so you said a billion things, so I'm just going to try to... La, 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 la. Okay, I'll just start with the first one. Um, Uzuru that you're talking about, um, in the Super movie, in the Broly movie, they literally talk about how Broly is basically an Uzuru form in human form, basically. So that... Like, I know it doesn't... It's not the same. Weak. But I, I know. It's a little bit Half weak. Right? Okay, okay. so next point. Um, it's something Carter brought up um, when we were doing our uh, initial... Um, zoom call and that's the fact that they had nowhere to go Majin Buu was the most powerful thing in the universe most powerful Goku beat him where do you go from there you had they had nowhere to go 
there was no nothing you can't oh like you know what i mean like it had to go somewhere and i think and there's not infinite use you, in the universes by the way there's 12 and only eight of them or six of them were in the tournament of power maybe there's 16 and 12 were in the tournament of power something like that but it's not infinite so that that and again like i know they had to go somewhere there was no way they could when you're the strongest in the universe at the end of dragon ball z other than for bringing Brack Frieza, which they did, and other, otherwise introducing Beerus and Wiss, which they did, there was nowhere else for it to go. So they they did what they had to do. Otherwise, it was done. And I, at the end of the day, I know you're probably deep down mad that they brought it back, but I mean, there's good things about it. And last thing I'll say is there was two things, one in Resurrection F, Resurrection F and one in – is Resurrection F the one with Frieza, Carter? Uh, yeah. Okay, so the other one with Beerus. They gave Vegeta two thug life moments in both of them. And to me, that's a character that really never gets his chance to shine, even though, like you say, he's one of the four Saiyans that are in the known universe. And they finally gave him, he went Super Saiyan 2 Rage when he slapped Beerus slapped Boma and was doing decent against them. And after Beerus one-shot Goku with a little chop, in Super Saiyan 3 and Vegeta Super Saiyan 2 is able to actually like hit him and like go on him. And then also if Frieza didn't use the cheap move to blow up the, the earth and then Wiss uses little magic time stop or whatever to stop it, Vegeta kicked Frieza's ass finally. And even Goku couldn't do that. So finally my boy gets some time to shine. I, I don't know how someone could say that Frieza hasn't had his time to shine during the entirety of Dragon Ball Z. Vegeta, and- Vegeta, not Frieza. Or sorry, Vegeta, Vegeta. Um, I just think that that's kind of laughable because, I mean, there's so many, like, iconic moments of him shining. Especially, like, I would say, you know, case in point, like, when he first goes Majin, fucks the stadium up. It's the most metal we've ever seen. Vegeta, he's an absolute badass. Then him and Goku take him to the streets. He's using techniques he's never used before. He's using energy rings, putting him against the rocks, literally bitch-slapping his ass against a fucking rock. And that's in Z still. So, I mean, I think he's had ample opportunity to shine. I feel like um, on Namek as well, where he's literally taken out Zarbon and Dodoria and all the fucking uh, Ginyu boys. Like, I think that he's had an ample amount of time to shine all the way through Z. He even had what I would say arguably more time to shine in GT, even though, again, that's going to be a, you know, a dead rabbit that no one wants to talk about, um, you know, with, you know, the, his, you know, comic comedy side aside from gt which is kind of cringe you know with the bad haircuts and the mustaches and shit but i mean i don't know i think that uh you know obviously vegeta is a a, a, fan favorite people love vegeta i think he's played out i think that vegeta is like probably one of the most played out characters in z but it comes back to that like you know just the opinion base um can i just say one thing about vegeta and gt absolutely I actually like the the direction his character went. I kind of like the idea of Vegeta becoming a fucking boomer, you know, where he's got the fucking handlebar mustache and he's wearing fucking leather jackets and fucking leather suede pants and shit. I kind of like that. But another thing, I just want to come go back to Super for a second. Um, yeah, I, I like the I actually like the concept of different universes. I think one thing that was really cool is that some universes weren't even able to participate in the tournament saga because they were just too powerful i think that was mentioned is there's like 
like a couple universes that just weren't even able to participate because the the participants were just too strong for, to even make it a, like something that would be watched or enjoyed you know it yeah, wouldn't, but that's wouldn't a, have been that's fair thing so what so they can't participate and we never know who these people are so it's like what's the next arc well now we're gonna fight the people who weren't in the tournament yeah they're exactly. really tough <laughs> so i don't know another thing that i don't want to jump on because off the off on this because of the fact that you guys don't know much about it but the moral arc which is the next arc after the tournament of power which is already done in the manga it's already completed uh you said there's not a lot of cool abilities but vegeta gets some absolutely sick abilities man like he goes to yardret trains with the people who train goku for inch transmission and gets like Oh, I think he's got split form and some spirit essence form and like a bunch of just cool things that like haven't really been done before. Because as far as like you said, Drag Dragon Ball used to be all about techniques and even Z, a lot of different techniques. But they finally, I think they're kind of going back to that roots in the new manga, which is yet to be adapted to an anime, but it will be um, eventually. It's going to be the next one. And then like Carter said, there is, there's four, it was either four or six universes that were too powerful to be in the tournament of power. So if you thought Jiren or Ultra Instinct Master was thug, like there's opportunities for them to go. I think they left it more open-ended just in case they have to go down that route, right? Like, cause eventually, like you said, we know all the characters in the other universes, universe, uh, universe seven, um, which is Goku's universe. And I think nine is Jiren's, I can't remember. But obviously, those are the two most powerful universes. So now that that's kind of done, um, it's washed out, right? Um, they had to have somewhere to go. So at least I think that's why they said that in the writing is just to leave it open-ended. Wasn't this podcast originally supposed to be about what-ifs? Yeah. I think we talked about one what-if, and then we've yeah. been on a fucking tangent about other random shit for about half an hour. Kind of went a little bit <laughs> off the rails, but yeah, we could we could definitely pull it back to the what-if, because again, that's another one that, uh, you know, I always love to, like, kind of go down those rabbit holes, like I said. So, I mean, well, the whole thing's a rabbit hole, right? You got to think like the the what if the original what if that you guys brought up, which was the rat, what if Raditz lived, that would have changed every single thing in the entire series. And I think that's why it's one of the best what ifs because it literally would change the whole dynamic of the show. Um, they could have all trained together, became more stronger, making this actual Z fighters, not the fucking Z fighters. There'd be no need for Tien, no need for Yamcha. Piccolo, yeah, he's thug life. We'll keep him there. But I mean, no need for Chosu. No, even even Gohan. Hey now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we getting rid of my boy Chosu? <laughs> like right out of the gate. I mean, he's gonna send you to a, the next dimension if you don't if you don't watch your fucking mouth here. It just it just it just goes to show like I obviously went down rabbit hole and I knew this would happen but that's that's the whole point of a podcast and I'm glad we went down these rabbit holes because the two big what ifs that we didn't talk about we don't really even have to bring up now on this podcast we can leave it for another podcast because the two ones that we have literally you could go down the exact same rabbit holes that we just did because it's 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 a progression show right and the scaling in Dragon Ball Z it's always going to be argued people are going to argue power levels people are going to argue a bunch of things but you can't argue opinion-based pieces, which is what we're doing, right? We're saying, what if Raditz lived? And it would literally change everything. It would have changed Z. If, if, if GT, you know what I mean? Even though, you know, it's not technically canon, it would have changed that. Would have changed Super. Would have changed everything we know about Dragon Ball Z. 
Like, I, I honestly think, like, what would have happened with Frieza? I think if the boys were to stick together as a team and all went to Namek at the same time, they could have wiped the floor with Frieza. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I throwing that one in the trash, dude. Dude, you have to remember, like, when Goku had fought Nappa, he, or even before he fought Nappa, when Goku's charging up, there's the meme, it's like it's over 9,000. He had 9,000 power level compared to Frieza's 1 million, 1 million power level. Was that so, in base form? Base form Frieza has 1 million. So he obviously, I, I, again, power levels are pretty obscure and, and people, there's two camps. You have two camps of DBZ fans, people who are religiously diehard on the power level and people who are basically in the same camp I am where it's like they're arbitrary numbers who gives a fuck. It was really cool when they had the scouters and they can be like, boop, 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 fucking his number. But now it's just like, I sense an energy. So it's like, who gives a fuck? Like it gets really just like watered down later and they can just like, oh, they can just tell the dude's tough. Yeah, you can tell the dude's tough. Okay. But the numbers themselves, like if we're just talking numbers, it's like they're all around the same power level at the time before they head out to Namek, which is like, let's say, you know, let's give them some conservative numbers, 15K a piece. That hails in comparison compared to Frieza. He would have fucking one shot all of them. Sarbon is thirty six thousand according to the. Uh, I don't know if it was base or, but I just remember that number off the top of my head. I can look it up after, but. But yeah, Raditz was like only a little bit stronger than Goku. So let's say they trained, and then they fought Vegeta and Nappa or whatever happened. So Raditz would only be a tiny bit stronger than Goku when they went to Na- when they went to, um, whatever the pl- planet Namek. So he. My only thing too with that is I wouldn't say he's a little bit because here's the thing, Piccolo and Goku, you know, near the end of Dragon Ball, especially, had this rivalry. They're basically the exact same strength. Listen, listen, I can tell you guys straight up what the number is. Cybermen were as strong as Raditz, and they were a thousand power level. Goku and Raditz were three hundred and something, so he was twice as strong. Or but the difference, let's say the difference between Vegeta and Raditz's power level are way more drastic than the comparison of Goku and Raditz's power right. level. But yes, remember, that's what but, I meant but by remember, that. But remember, they, they had a year to train before the Saiyans came. Mm-hmm. So who knows what that training could look like. Some would speculate that it wouldn't have done much. Some could say it could have done actually like probably doubled it. Well, actually, yeah. If if it were Goku and Raditz training together with Piccolo, I think it probably would have been a lot more beneficial, like as training. You know what I mean? Like it probably would have made them at least a little bit stronger when Vegeta and Nappa finally did arrive. Well, hundred percent because Saiyans. That's the thing. Like I said, all that time that Goku was on Snake Way, all the time that he was on the, un- the underground and the demon thing, King Kai's planet. If they were constantly fighting and recovering, fighting, recovering, fighting, recovering, fighting, recovering, by the time fucking Vegeta and Nappa got there, they 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 would have been on a different level. That's but wait, even- also, Goku wouldn't if Goku didn't die and Raditz and them became friends. Goku would have never learned the Kaioken, and he would have never learned the Spirit Bomb either, right? So maybe actually he wouldn't have been oh, that's as true. strong. That's I mean, and that's maybe a good point. King Kai's training actually did a lot more for Goku than we originally thought. You know, I mean, that's a hell of a good point. That was a good, yeah, that was a good one, dude. Frick yeah. I, I mean, that is I true. I, you got to you got to you got to hand it to King Kai. I mean, those training sessions, you know, made him come out of the gate, coming back from Snake Way with two of his like big boy techniques. You got Ko Ken. Um, and then, of course, classic Spirit Ball, which he was still, or sorry, Spirit Bomb, rather, that he was even using 
at the end of the series to take out Boo and shit. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's he another KO, one. He used KO Ken and Super as well. KO Ken times 20, Super Blue, right? So, obviously, KO Ken is still a really important move in the series. But you could the other what if you could go down is what if Raditz went with uh, Kakarot on Snake Way? What if they went to King Kai's planet together? And well, they would have are... had to die, though, in order yeah. for that to happen, right? You mean Raditz did die? No, of yeah, course. but we're but saying like, what if what if Goku live. and Raditz became homies? Oh, I thought and... you were talking about what the Dragon Balls. That was one of the options, right? Like, what if they both oh, yeah. wish back with the Dragon Balls and they went together? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There could be, yeah. I get what you're. I get. I get what you're saying, though. Like, obviously, there's that. That, that was a huge point. A hell of a point, though. Honestly, he doesn't have two of his like big boy fucking attacks in his arsenal. So, I mean, I think it was definitely a. A good point for sure but i mean who's to say that if raditz and goku trained all of a sudden they're coming up with techniques you know what i mean raditz what if he what if king kai gave him his own unique powers or didn't he only know like yeah, the kaioken and spirit bomb it was his school king kai's mm-hmm. like school was like we're gonna teach you about the kaioken then we're gonna do the spirit bomb so, yeah because there are four there's the four schools northeast wet king no yeah northeast west i think kai is the west kai or something like that right there's Wait, more... there's more there's more schools that Goku could have potentially trained at? I'm pretty sure, right? Because that's where the Northwest, you know what I mean? The the Well, there's other ties. I mean, it's it's it, when Goku is fighting Pecon and they're at that tournament, it really showcases. And again, this is a foreshadowing of this whole, you know, beyond the pale tournament bullshit. I would I personally love the Pecon fucking arc. It's a little baby kind of arc where um it, it's this really nice, like, you know it just feels like a, a really interesting thing where you now this is the first time where you're like, wait a minute, there's other people from other like <laughs> planets that are tough. We never fuck with these guys because they're so far away. Okay. So why is that cool to you? But then new universes aren't cool. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. So uh, the reason for me, why I think that's interesting is because they didn't make a whole fucking new series based off of it. They just did it a little bit and it was just so, you know fresh and interesting to be like oh what goku's not this just like imba dude all the time there's other like potential obviously as pecan's character arc if you want to even call it that it's a fucking joke how they eviscerated my boy um he was probably one of the flashiest characters to come out of the series at that time for sure and then if you see him in the genomba movie it's an absolute fucking joke how they just you know eviscerated his potential um, he has one of the coolest techniques I've ever seen, the Thunder Flash, where he basically just blasts you with a fire uh, cannon. And then he also has his tornado attack where he can slice you up. Um, you don't see a lot of technique like that. You know, in the later series, it's basically just like, oh, here's a huge energy beam. It's, a, it's who's Who's got a bigger energy beam is basically the thing. Um, but again... Uh, the reason why I think that it's acceptable to do it in small bites like that is because, again, it was fresh, it was new, it felt like this, um, wow, like, it really makes you scratch your head. Because, But they didn't go too far with it, right? Like, we don't know much about Pecan's home planet or other tough guys. Like, it's just the World Tournament had a lot of really fun, interesting fights, like the guy who makes the water cube, and the announcer had, like, a mushroom head, and, like, I don't know. I always thought that was kind of like a really kind of fun break from just the, the the normal progression of the show where it's basically like, for some reason, another powerful villain wants Earth. We got to defend it. And we got to do that fucking three times in a row. So it's like, it was nice to see like, Goku's not coming back. He's dead, but he's on that next level shit in the afterlife. So 
it just felt nice to see that the entire series wasn't hinging on you know goku being alive yeah but the thing is with with the pecan thing like because yes i agree he had some amazing abilities the thunder flash the tornado like he was a really cool interesting character i think i think he for for me the equivalent in super would be hit and um probably baby in gt and demon king piccolo probably in dragon ball just like just cool just just different right but the thing is, they had no choice with Pecon being nothing in the Genemba movie because of the fact that when he was training in the Outer World, he wasn't going Super Saiyan 3. You know what I mean? And Janemba or Janempa in the in the Funimation dub was too much for Pecon, right? And it took Super Saiyan 3, I think Dragon Fist, I think is what actually did it to transform him into Genemba. So obviously Genemba was going to wipe the floor with Pecan. It was literally just one double punch to the face and Pecan was... No, for sure. And I get that. But the thing that I really wish um, they would have took more creative liberties with uh, the show in general, just, you know, not always hinging the show on like what Z felt to me for the longest time. And again, I, I love the series, but it basically felt like to me, Who's tougher at that current point in time, Vegeta or Goku? And this is how the series is going to go. Goku's tougher. Okay, he's getting down to brass tacks. He's having fun with it, but he's still going to fucking beat the shit out of you. Then you have the Vegeta's tougher. Oh, he's going to let Cell just go perfect for him and fuck the whole thing up. So it's like it goes to show that like when Vegeta has like an ounce of like the advantage over Goku because he basically is in a constant competition with the dude. He makes these terrible fucking decisions that really alter the way the show like turns out. That's one thing I liked about uh, well, that is one thing I liked about Resurrection F is Vegeta isn't playing any fucking games when he goes up against Frieza. He fucks him right up, man. He goes comes right out of the gate and just he isn't playing any fucking games there. He not he hit him so hard there was no more golden Frieza. That that's literally what happened. He fucked him up, and that's one of the things I like too is the fact that Vegeta. Like I get it, Vegeta has lots of time to shine, but if you go through overall in the entire series as a whole. Vegeta is always playing catch up other than the Saiyan saga. That's it. That's the only time in, in Dragon Ball Z, the only time where he's not behind is in the Saiyan saga. That's it. Um, think about it. He goes to, he goes to Namek, Frieza or uh, Vegeta beats up Zarbon and Dodoria. Big fucking whoop. Goes up against the Ginyu force with Krillin and Gohan gets the shit beat out of him. Goku wipes the floor with all the Ginyu force. Then he gets hurt. Then freaking Ginyu has to control his body to fuck up Goku. So then Goku's recovering in the chamber. Then Vegeta finally goes up against Frieza, and he's actually doing good. But then Frieza goes, Super Frieza wipes the fucking floor with him again. It's just like it's always a constant thing with Goku just being the GOAT, and he is the GOAT. But you bring up a really interesting point. So here's the thing what's different with the Namek saga that I really enjoyed opposed to the rest of the series. Because at that time, it is a head-on clash with Vegeta and Goku who's tougher who's tougher all of a sudden you got Nail and Piccolo coming you got the first Super Namek that there ever has been no one had more shine than that boy when he came in he's fucking glowing he's got galaxies fucking swirling like when he fought Frieza second form that is like arguably one of my favorite fights in the entire series I'm talking Dragon Ball GT you name it I absolutely love the second form I mean again he goes fucking HR Geiger longhead mode and then just fucking laser shoots his ass um, but I mean, other than that, that I love that shit. You have a Namek, uh, basically a race that is not typically warriors. You got a couple warriors and the rest are just fucking picking veggies in the back, but he is going toe to toe 
with fucking Frieza in his second form, obviously meaning that it's above a million power level. I don't think there's another Namekian that has ever went to that level. And then he does it again when he fuses with fucking Kami. And then you have him up against the androids using Hell's Own Grenade and shit. Like, I mean, Namek is, or fucking Piccolo is just dripping with swag in these moments. These are the, you know, the reason why this is one of the, one of the, in my opinion, the most, like, I, I just love his arc. You know, he has such a great, uh, you know, obviously char- character design when he's throwing down the weighted cape in the hat. It's like, you know, the shit's fucking getting it real. Always got to love it when that cape comes off. You know, that shit, you know, that he's got them pointy shoes. Yeah. I love them fucking pointy shoes. Uh, another thing too that I always loved is the fact that like, you know, when Go- Gohan's fighting Cell, he's donning the purple in the shoes because like you always take on the outfit of whoever trained you, right? So, you know, you got Gohan who is basically like, fuck you, dad. I'm not wearing that orange shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing the purple with the fucking the, the booties. So, I mean, I love that shit. You know, Piccolo's obviously, um, you know, when when he does shine, he's got the fucking, he's, you know, you can't top it. You know, when he does the fusion with Nail and he's up against Frieza, that was like the first time where I was like, holy fuck, like he he's back, baby, and he's coming back harder than ever. So like that was really good to see. And then when he did it again, you know, fusing with uh, Kami, you know, I like to see interesting stuff like that. I love it when that shit goes down. But to see a series constantly hinge for the majority of it on Vegeta and Goku has always just kind of been a little bit lackluster for me. And it really, really, really felt that way in Super. Wasn't in, didn't in the um, Saiyan Sega though, Piccolo have a moment, like a real moment to shine? Because didn't, wasn't he the only one that was actually fucking up the Cybermen? If I remember correctly. Kind of, but I mean, at the start too, like, you know, he, he comes out of like the first few episodes, he's been using this new technique he's never trained with, like he's never used before. He's just been training secretly. And he fucking obliterates Goku and Raditz with a single fucking blast, you know, special beam cannon. Like, obviously like, you know, when he shines, it's fucking, it's a bright shine that he's got. So I feel like with Goku, it gets really played out. Obviously, he's the main character. But of course, you're going to have your main character who's got to have those moments. But with Vegeta, I felt like he had, in my opinion, the weakest um, character development in the entire series. Just based on the fact that, like, he comes out, he's basically you know this dude who wants the dragon balls he's a selfish prick he at any cost he wants to be the strongest always about that like say inherited shit you know he literally by the end of the fucking series he's still fucking babbling in the background about the fucking i'm the prince of all saiyans you know so it's like we we get it it's a played out thing he even does this thing where it's like oh like when he teams up with them initially it's kind of this very like uh Oh, he's the bad boy. Like, he's definitely, like, is he a villain? Is he not? He's on Namek. He's kind of fucking around with Gohan and Krillin, but he's still kind of a dick, but he's giving them armor. So it's like, what's going on? But then later, he gets completely fucking dick snipped because he's fucking has a kid with Bulma. And then it's basically like, now what? He's a dad. And it's like, oh, what the fuck are they doing to this dude? It's like, he used to be, like, literally a space pirate fucking planets up. And now it's like, he's wearing a pink shirt that says bad man on it. Like... I don't know. I I thought this year looked tight too, but I'm just saying like he has one of, in my opinion, the weakest arcs and then essentially gets mind controlled by Bibbity or Bobby or the fuck his name is. And then he he finally says like, Oh, you know, it's our destiny to fight Kakarot, blah, blah, blah. That same old played out fucking bullshit. Even though obviously Majin Vegeta is like one of the sickest fucking dudes. And that's like one of the, you know, the, the most apex fucking 
big dick energy fights they've ever done is Goku versus Vegeta, and they're both not fucking around. You got to love that shit. But again, I just feel like Vegeta had some of the weakest character development. If you were not counting Goku, but he gets a pass because, you know, he's the main character. He's got to kind of pull the pull the series in. So can I just clarify something? You guys have seen every episode of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and all the movies together. You've probably seen them multiple times, every episode, every movie, right? Yes, yeah, sir. So I've, I've only seen uh, the original Dragon Ball series and the Saiyan Saga. So I, I haven't seen any of the movies either. I've watched the original Broly movie, but that's it. So a lot of these things that I haven't been jumping in on, that's the reason why. I just thought I'd clarify that. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, again, I've only watched a little bit of Super. You both have went balls deep in a Super. Um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know even what you'd call it. I don't want to even, you know, go the purest route. But like, I love the movies, especially the early movies like, uh, you know, Tree of Might and Lord Slug. I really like those movies a lot. Um, and I really, really like, pro- I would say Dragon Ball is my favorite series also just because of it, like, it didn't take itself too seriously at the start, but then all of a sudden you have near the end of the series where Goku's older. I'm a sucker for when it's like kid to like whatever the fuck adult, you know, they do it in legend of Zelda where he like link comes back and he's got the white pants for some reason, even though he was sleeping the whole time. Um, But you know, I'm a sucker for when they come back a little older. So like when Goku came back at the end of DB and uh, you know, he's fighting this, this grandiose tournament, you know, TN's got like a different suit on and Demon King Piccolo is entering the tournament yeah. junior and shit. You know, that to me was like, I mean, golden age, you know, whatever. I think that came on 86, but I can't even really remember. Yeah, I think so. Um, but again, like, that's what I really liked when it felt like, uh, you know, techniques mattered. It felt like, you know, it was still in the vein. Again, obviously a bit of a you know inflection but it's like it felt a little bit like it was grounded like there's some reality to it even though i mean obviously that's a like a kind of a ridiculous claim you got guys who are using multi-split and shit but it just i felt like later in the series there was no like unique flavor like everyone just has like oh i'm super tough and i'm gonna hit you with this crazy energy blast and then oh if that doesn't work i'm just gonna change my hair color that's how it felt later i don't know and Carter, you all you actually have watched probably all of Dragon Ball Z, but you were also very, very young when we yeah. were, when me and Catelyn were at like the peak of our um, Dragon Ball Z. Um, I would say you were probably only like four, so you to- you totally watch it. But you, how are you supposed to remember something when you're that little? That's the thing with the age gap. But Super, mm-hmm. we watched that whole series literally together, and then I've probably watched it again over time. But yeah, um, th- th- we obviously jumped down a whole bunch of rabbit holes here, but that that was fine. I think there was a lot of good ideas, good communication. Um, it's just some fun what ifs that Slash talking about the series, you know, like it was an amazing series. It was one of, um, I would say the most influential, uh, probably the most influential show period for me, even like I'm a huge Marvel fan. You guys know that, like I love the MCU. I'm like huge with that. But as far as like a show that actually changed my life and changed my childhood i would say dragon ball z and dragon ball were the two that did that for sure and it's one of the if not the biggest anime of all time like what else would there be naruto one piece but those are all shown in animes and 
I'd say in the West for sure, like Dragon Ball Z really catapulted the like idea of like, what the fuck are these Japanese cartoons? And what is this? Like what? We've never seen anything like it before. You know, you'd have like, you know, Batman, the animated series, which is very, has a very Western style, which is, I mean, again, I love that as well. Oh but, yeah, hundred percent. Um, You know, I remember when I was young and seeing this for the first time, the, well, the one thing that killed me on the, on the television is when you're watching the series and it's getting good, getting good, getting good. Then all of a sudden it resets to the very first episode and you want to fucking rip your eyes out because it's like, no, I have to literally watch the Saiyan saga again because they refreshed it because you know, do you know why that was? Yeah, they didn't have the they didn't have the dub. Yeah. So it's like they got to the point where they would get to the dub, restart it, get to the dub, restart it. And they, and I believe the the one that basically was the biggest fuck you they reset it literally after trunks had killed frieza and we just met trunks and it's like who is this guy and then it's like reset it's like raditz is coming to take your kid and it's like fuck <laughs> so it's like that shit get, kind of got like old but again i think that you know just how you're saying before it's like i think it was one of the um definitely when i was a kid it's like one of the most influential uh animes that definitely and what was interesting about um, Dragon Ball Z for me, at least, um, I'm not sure about you two, but it really got me into a headspace where I was like, well, what are these Japanese like cartoons? Like this is so drastically different than what anything we have in the West. Mm-hmm. It was so like interesting. And then I find out later, it, they weren't even the first ones to do this shit. You had Yu Yu Hakusho that was even that predates Dragon Ball Z. And they, you know, arguably had some, you know, they're the ones that started this world tournament shit, the fucking energy attacks. They're the ones that really were swinging for the fences. But that's just another day at the office back in Japan. You know, there is some weirdo shit over there, and I love that <laughs> shit. So it's like, oh, yeah. The fact that, you know, Tentacle after. Hentai and shit. Well, I don't know about all that shit, but, <laughs> but he, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with a dude if that's what he's into. But <laughs> yeah. all I was saying is like it really propelled me into like more obscure animes, and then all of a sudden I'm realizing like holy shit, like uh, you know, Garen Logan is like amazing. And then I'd like watch Berserk, you know. So like, there's a lot of really really good uh, stuff that comes out of that area, and I I just think that you know DBZ was the jumping off point for a lot of people. You know sure. what? You know what though? I think and this could be wrong but i don't remember another video making it into the movie theater dragon ball resurrection f made it in the theaters like what other anime has ever been in american theaters maybe evangelion i don't know but you have to go to i'll find that out after but yeah i just i would i i would maybe some of uh you know the dude who did spirited away shit i think maybe uh that sort of stuff went to uh, studio studio ghibli? ghibli ghibli i think a lot of ghibli stuff did because obviously yeah. like um that stuff is just incredible i know that they if i'm not mistaken they had acura in theaters yeah well. that was just recently yeah they, they remastered it or whatever so that's the, the thing too is like it's just crazy to think like you know dragon ball z on the like scope of things as far as like animation and all that sort of stuff is like kind of low tier as far as Japanese animation. Cause you have to think Akira came out before Dragon Ball Z and that was literally fucking like, I saw like this like behind the scenes shit of like Acura and like, they're saying how like, there's like a two second scene in the background where it shows like a sequence of like Neo Tokyo. And it's like, it's a fucking, this dude painted the shit like, <laughs> literally like it's a, a gorgeous painting and you see it in the movie for fucking two frames. 
it's just like the amount of detail that they had in that movie and it's like the first time you ever see like full distinct head movement and mouth movement back in the day it was a lot of speed racer like ho ho i can't believe this and it was like the mo- the mouth was moving but it was just a, a, a frame of the character you know and actually if you if you critique a lot of the dragon ball you know series you'll see there is actually quite a bit of like just a standing still goku like talking shit to sell or whatever as his mouth is moving and there's literally no fucking movement Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that. And they do a lot of the fucking, you know, it'll show like, oh, the the area like on Namek. If you watch the Namek one again, you'll see a lot of fucking like circular bulb trees a lot. You're going to be seeing a lot of that. So I think it's just like definitely one of the first, you know, animes I got into. I mean, the only other thing I can even think that was even remotely close, not that I got into it really, but, you know, Sailor Moon was the other one that kind of came hand in hand over to the West. Shut the hell up. So it's like, I mean, you know, you say, say what you want. I mean, it came over too. So you got this fucking, you know. I, I used to love that dude, that freaking whatever his name was. That uh, Captain Tuskino. Yeah. Tuskino, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, obviously, were two huge ones. that It was later, though. I think uh, maybe Pokemon would have been around the same time, but I feel Not like. Not the same uh, time, but yeah, later, later. The first episode with Ash Ketchum was probably 96 or something like that. But yeah, um, honestly, we're over our time already, guys. Um, uh, it was a really great episode. Um, hopefully, you guys are interested in it. And we're going to be posting it to YouTube, Facebook, and maybe a couple other platforms. We're kind of figuring that out as we go. But yeah, um, any last words for you two before we completely close her up? Nothing over uh, here. I don't think so. I think we're pretty to end on that note. Okay, well, that's just Three Brothers Podcast. Obviously, this is the first one, guys, and we appreciate you tuning in. We will get back to you with comments, replies. We'll have someone on top of that. Um, so any questions, anything you want to ask us for next episodes, we've got lots of plans. We literally, in this whole episode, we planned on talking about four what-ifs. We talked about one of them. So we'll be coming up with the rest of the our what-if series later on in this week. And thank you for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you guys, and thank you for your support. Have a nice day, yeah. everybody. Peace, guys. Peace.